Good evening. This is Patrick Donahue. We appreciate you listening every week at this same time to Bible Crossfire. Uh, we allow people to call in and get into the crossfire. We discuss the scriptures. The only basic rule is the scriptures, the Bible, decides the, any issue that comes up, any question that comes up, then the Bible's going to decide. It's not going to be what you or I think or what you or I want something, the truth, to be. It's going to be what the scriptures say. That's going to decide for us. That's going to decide. If you have a Bible question or comment, give us a call. 877-655-6755. 877-655-6755 if you have a Bible question or comment. The lines are wide open. Give us a call. While we're waiting, I thought we'd talk about the fact, and I'm going to say this carefully so you'll get it all, the fact that the second coming of Christ the resurrection, the rapture, the end of the world, and the judgment day, all five of those things happen together at the same time, basically. Second coming, the resurrection, the rapture, the end of the world, the judgment day, they all happen at the same time, according to the Bible. If you're going to accept what the Bible says, that's what we're going to be talking about. Let me start by reading 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, 15-17. It says, for this we say unto you by the word of the Lord, that we which are alive and remain unto the coming of the Lord shall not prevent them which are asleep. For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel, and with the trump of God, and the dead in Christ shall rise first. Then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and so shall we ever be with the Lord. Here's some things that we learned from that text in 1 Thessalonians 4. First of all, everybody's going to be aware of the second coming. I mean, it talks about when the Lord comes, it's going to be with a shout, the voice of the archangel, with the trump of God. So the Watchtower folks, the JWs, say that Jesus came back secretly and nobody know about it, knew about it in 1914. That's a false concept. When Jesus comes back, everybody's going to know. Every eye's going to see him. There's going to be all kinds of noise. Secondly, First, according to this passage, the dead Christians will rise. It says the dead in Christ shall rise first. And then the Christians that are still alive will be called up to meet the Lord in the air. Then it says the dead in Christ shall rise first. Then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with him in the clouds. With them in the clouds. So, number three. The dead Christians and dead wicked will be raised at the same time. I get that from John 5, 28 and 29, where Jesus said, Marvel not at this, for the hour is coming in the which all that are in the grave shall hear his voice and shall come forth. They that have done good unto the resurrection of life and they that have done evil unto the resurrection of condemnation. So 1 Thessalonians chapter 4 says the dead in Christ shall rise first. But that means first before the Christians who are alive are going to Meet all of them in the air. But this passage in John 5 says the wicked dead will be raised at the same time as the righteous dead. So all of the dead are going to be raised at the same time. If you have a Bible question or comment, give us a call. 877-655-6755. Now, our word rapture is a Latin word meaning caught up which we find in verse 17. 
It says, then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together within the clouds. That's what rapture means. It means caught up. Now, people have a lot of false theories about the rapture, just like they do the second coming of Christ. But we don't say there's no such thing as the second coming of Christ just because people preach the wrong details about it. And neither should we say there is going to be no rapture just because people teach false details about it. Here we have rapture or caught up in 1 Thessalonians 5.17. As a matter of fact, your Latin Bible will have the word rapture there in 1 Thessalonians 5.17, if I'm not mistaken. You know, we also see this rapture or caught up concept in Matthew 24, 40 through 41. Now, Matthew 24, 1 through 34, 34 said all these things will happen in this generation. So that's referring to everything before verse 34. That's talking about the destruction of Jerusalem, which we know occurred in 70 AD. But after that, after verse 34, it's talking about the second coming of Christ. And this occurs in that section. It says, then shall two be in the field. The one shall be taken and the other left. Two women shall be grinding at the mill. The one shall be taken and the other left. And so there we have that concept of the righteous will be caught up to meet the Lord in the air. And the wicked then will be left behind. We see that in Matthew 24, 40 through 41. Also, we read it, of course, in First Thessalonians 4. That's the rapture. The rapture is going to occur as we've seen so far at the second coming of Christ, which is when the resurrection happens also. If you have a Bible question or comment, give us a call, 877-655-6755. The lines are wide open. Now let's move to 2 Peter chapter 3 and look at verses 3 and 4 and then verse 10. Here's the reading. There shall come in the last days scoffers walking after their own lust and saying, where's the promise of his coming? So we know in this context, we're talking about the second coming of Christ. Well, people are saying, look, Jesus, they promised Jesus was going to come back. Where is it? That's what we're talking about. He says, but the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night in which the heavens shall pass away with a great noise and the elements shall melt with fervent heat. The earth also and the works that are therein shall be burned up. So if we, as we just learned, the end of the world occurs at Jesus' coming. Did you catch that? It's talking about the day of the Lord. So come as a thief of the night. We know this is talking about the second coming. That's the context. It says when that happens, the earth also and the works that are therein shall be burned up. The elements shall melt with fervent heat. You see that? The end of the world occurs at the second coming of Christ. That leaves no room for what is commonly called premillennialism, which is basically the idea that when Jesus comes again the second time, he's going to set up a physical kingdom and reign from Jerusalem as a physical king, just like David and Solomon. Uh, and then he's going to reign there for a thousand years. That's called pre-millennialism. Well, there's not going to be room for pre-millennialism because we're seeing from this verse clearly, plainly, should be no argument about it, that when Jesus comes back, the earth is going to be burned up. That's the end of the world. There's no time left for a thousand-year phys physical reign of Christ. As a matter of fact, the Bible teaches in other places that Christ reigns right now. The kingdom exists now, and we're in the kingdom if we're Christians, faithful Christians. And this passage leaves no room for anybody being left behind after the rapture. That's one of the false details about the rapture I was referring to. We have this whole series of books, I think, a movie called Left Behind. And the premise is you got the rapture, all the righteous are caught up, meet the Lord in the air, and you have the wicked left living years and years on the earth, and there's all kinds of problems because all the righteous people are gone. No, what we've just seen is that the rapture occurs at the second coming of Christ, and that's going to be the end of the world. 
the righteous are going to be raptured, caught up, but there's not going to be people left behind for years and years. That's going to be the end of the world. So all those books were based upon a false premise. A lot of books are written just to make a dollar. You know, they're not based upon what the Bible actually says. They take some things in the Bible and mention a few facts and then stretch them beyond imagination because to make them more sensational in order to make a dollar. If you have a Bible question or comment, give us a call at 877-655-6755. That number to call is 877-655-6755. Another passage, John 12, 48. Jesus said, He that rejecteth me and receiveth not my words hath one that judgeth him. The word that I have spoken, the same shall judge him in the last day. So again, on the last day, meaning the last day of the world, the end of the world, we're going to be judged. So that's the judgment day. So not only is at the second coming of Christ, are we going to have the 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 uh, resurrection and the rapture and the end of the world, but we're going to have the judgment day. Carl from Alabama, go ahead with your Bible question or comment, please. Uh, yes, I know we was talking about some people's teachers that when you die, that you uh, you either go to heaven right then or not. You know, but uh, John three thirteen said no man has ascended to heaven, and uh, we, we got an example that when you die, what happens to you when the when the poor man died, the angels came and took him to Abraham's bosom, and the rich man opened his eyes up in hell. And I think to me, I think that's the place you go be. Until Jesus come to collect the church in uh, First Thessalonians, for the dead in Christ shall rise first, and then the ones remaining will be changed within the twinkling of an eye, and we'll meet up and we'll all go to heaven together. I just want your opinion on that. Carl, I think you're right. We read about the rich man and Lazarus in Luke chapter 16, verses 19 through 31. They both went to Hades. The rich man went to the the uh, torment part of Hades and the Lazarus went to the comfort part of Hades. Um, and so I think when we die, Carl, we're going to know our fate. We're either going to go, we're going to go to Hades either to the torment part or the comfort part. And then Revelation 20 at the end of the great white throne scene. So that would be Revelation chapter 20 verse 14. It says death and Hades were cast into the lake of fire. So that will be the end of Hades, the judgment day, the end of the world. That'll At that same time, Hades will be gone away. And everybody, if you're in the comfort part of Hades, you'll go to heaven. And if you're in the torment part of Hades, you're going to go to the bad place, H-E-O-L. Is that the way you see it, Carl? Uh, yes, sir. I really do. That's why I think some people need to be very careful when they, uh, a person dies. seems like majority of all people want to put them up in heaven. But the thing about it... Uh, they hollow the day at rest, but if you didn't die in Christ, there's no way you'd be at rest in that peace. Yeah. You know, Revelation seventeen fourteen says, Blessed are the dead that die in the Lord. So the only people who are going to be blessed salvation-wise are those that die physically in the Lord. Anybody that dies outside the Lord, they're going to be in big trouble. Right, Carl? Uh, yes, sir. That's right. Okay, I appreciate it. I just wanted to get Thank you for your call. Yeah, thank you for your call, Carl. All right. Kurt from Nevada, go ahead with your Bible question or comment, please. Okay, sir. I feel kind of foolish because I can't think of the exact 
uh, one which was, which Jesus said was wrong. But in the parable where he talks about um, one son tells the father, I will not work for you, but then later on does the job. And yeah, the Matthew 21. Son, Matthew 21. Thank you. Jesus says that the first uh, the first son was incorrect. And I basically, and if that's the one, now I, I am, I don't know if I'm right here. If the son that says, I will not work, but then does it, is wrong, that means the one that said, I will work for you, but doesn't, that means that, that one's right. Am I wrong in this? Now, let's go to that. Matthew twenty one twenty eight. Are you driving, Kurt? Well, yes, or, I are am. You, are you in a position where you can open up a Bible is what I'm asking? No, I can't. Okay. I'm then sorry. listen. To, here's the, I'm going to try to read it for you. Matthew twenty one twenty eight. But what think you? A certain man had two sons, and he came to the first and said, Son, go work today in my vineyard. And he answered and said, I will not. But afterward, he repented and went. He came to the second and said, likewise. And he, and he answered and said, I go, sir, and went not. Whither of them did Twain, did the will, whither of them Twain, Twain meaning two in the King James, did the will of his father? Which, which one do you think, Kirk? Which one did the will of his father? Um, which one did the will? Now, that's what I can't. That's what I've got the problem okay. with because I don't. Okay. Well, it, he, the Please. one who said he wasn't going to do it, but afterward he repented and went. He's the one that did the will of the Father. Okay, that's the one. Right. And so here's Jesus's right. point. They say in him the first, that, and that's how they answer it. They say in him the first, and they're right. Jesus saith unto them, Barely I say unto you that the publicans and the prostitutes go into the kingdom of God before you. So I think what he's doing here is he's making a distinction between the Jew and the Gentiles. The Gentiles are represented by the first person, the first son. They're, 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 not, they're not following the Lord, but all of a sudden, then they start following the Lord. The Jews are the ones that say they're following the Lord, but they don't end up, do, end up following the Lord. So he's saying the Jews used to be God's chosen people, but it's not going to be that way anymore. Now the Gentiles are going to take over because they're the ones that are doing the will of the Father. Uh, They didn't used to, but now they are. You say that you're doing it, but you're not doing it anymore. Okay, so they were right when they answered the first. The one who said he wasn't going to go, but he repented and went because he ended up doing what the Father said. You follow me, Kurt? Yes, yes. So the first one was the one that was wrong. We started out wrong, but he ended up wrong. being right. That's he the Gentiles. Started out wrong. See, I know that the, I know Jesus does not make any mistakes. I know it was me that was not understanding it because <laughs> I was thinking there's no way that Jesus could say to make a mistake. So I want to know what Jesus said because what he says. It makes a difference. Yeah, well, and they replied to him. They, he, they replied to yeah. him the first, did the will of the Father. And Jesus, I think, confirms that answer. He says, truly I say unto you. So I think he's confirming that their answer was correct. And then he makes the application that, that, that he's really, that he's saying you are the second brother. 
the ones he was talking about. You're the second brother. You say you're going to do it, but you don't do it. The Jews. Okay? Yeah. Any other follow-up questions, Kurt? No, that is it. But thank you so much. You've been you've been a big help. Thank you so much. God bless you. Well, I appreciate your call, okay? Oh, thank you. I, I love talking All right. to you. Have a wonderful Have a good day. rest of your night. Thank you. Bye-bye. All right. All right. Bye. If you have a Bible question or comment, give us a call at 877-655-6755. We still have about nine or ten minutes to go on the program. 877-655-6755 if you have a Bible question or comment. We're talking about John 12, 48, and we saw from that verse that on the last day we're going to be judged. So the judgment day happens at all those the same time as all those other events too. And John 12, 48 says we're going to be judged by God's word. It says... The word that I have spoken, that's Jesus talking, the same shall judge him in the last day. It's kind of like when you got a test, you'd like to know what chapters you're going to cover on the test. We know what we're going to be judged based on. We don't have to guess. We're going to be judged by the word of Christ, God's word, the Bible. In particular for us, the New Testament, since that's the law that is binding today. On the judgment day, we're going to be judged. Our works are going to be compared to the word of God. After all, the word of God is where God tells us what he wants us to do to please him. So it only makes sense that on the judgment day, if we're going to be judged, our life is going to be compared to see if we did what God told us to do to please him. And it's going to be according to our works. We mentioned the great white throne scene when Carl called in. Revelation 20, verse 11 and 12, is the beginning of that scene. It says, and I saw the great, and I saw a great white throne and him that sat on it from whose face the earth and the heaven fled away, and there was found no place for them. And I saw the dead, small and great, stand before God, and the books were open. And another book was open, which is the book of life. And the dead were judged out of those things which are written in the books. Based upon these other passages we looked at, like John 12, that would have to be the books of the Bible. The the, the dead were judged out of those things which are written in the books according to their works. A lot of people say you're saved by faith only. But, of course, the Bible teaches nothing like that. It says you're saved by faith, but it never says faith only. Matter of fact, James 2.24 says, You see then how that by works a man is justified and not by faith only. And this passage in Revelation 20, talking about the judgment day, confirms that because it says we're going to be judged based upon according to our works, not just whether or not we believe. Sure, we got to believe in Christ, John 3.16, but we're also going to be judged based upon our works. And so as we've seen, as we went through here, we've shown, actually we proved it by the Bible verses, that the second coming of Christ, the resurrection of the dead, the rapture, that's where the the righteous, alive people are caught up to meet Christ at the second coming, the end of the world, the earth's going to be burned up, and the judgment day, they all happen together at the same time. There's not going to be any kind of premillennialism reign of Christ for a thousand years after the second coming of Christ. Because the second coming, the resurrection, the rapture, the end of the world, and the judgment day all occurred at the same time. <laughs> and so if Jesus were to reign for a thousand years from Jerusalem, that means he's going to be reigning after the end of the world and after the judgment day. And that doesn't make any sense whatsoever. And we all know that. we got to quit trying to make money off books and start teaching exactly what the Bible says. That's what's causing the problem, I think. If you have a Bible question or comment, give us a call, 877 655 6755 877-655-6755. You know, last week we were talking about Jesus being 
the Lamb of God, John 1, 29. And, and one passage on my outline that I didn't get to was the story of Abraham asking, I, ask, excuse me, God asking Abraham in Genesis 22 to offer his son Isaac as a burnt offering. We're all familiar with that story. In Genesis 22, verse 6, let me pick up the reading. It says, And Abraham took the wood of the burnt offering and laid it upon Isaac his son, and he took the fire in his hand and a knife, and they went both of them together. And Isaac spake unto Abraham his father and said, My father, and he said, Here am I, my son. He said, Behold the fire in the wood, but where's the lamb for a burnt offering? Well, evidently, at this time, at this point, Isaac doesn't know he's supposed to be the offering. He says, Where's the fire in the wood, but where's the lamb? He doesn't know he's supposed to be the sacrifice. Verse 8, and Abraham said, my son, God will provide himself a lamb for a burnt offering. So they went both of them together. I want to come back to that in a minute. Just remember that response that Abraham said, God will provide himself a lamb. Verse 9, they came to the place which God had told him of, and Abraham built an altar there and laid the wood in order and bound Isaac, his son, and laid him on the altar upon the wood. Well, I think at this time, Isaac knows he's supposed to be the offering the sacrifice, because Abraham is tying him to the altar where you'd normally tie the animal that you're going to sacrifice. Verse 10, and Abraham stretched forth his hand and took the knife to slay his son. I picture Abraham raising up that knife in the air some to get, so he could get leverage to come down to kill his son. Abraham, he's really going to do it. He's really going to take the life of his son Isaac. Verse 11, and the angel of the Lord called unto him out of heaven and said, Abraham, Abraham. And he said, Here am I. And he said, Lay not thine hand upon the lad, neither do thou anything unto him. For now I know that thou fearest God, seeing thou hast not withheld thy son, thine only son, from me. Now I know. In other words, if Abraham's willing to give up his son for God, that's the most important thing, as us parents know, to us is our children, even more important than our own life. So if he's willing to give up his son for God, which he proved that he was, then he would be willing to give up his, his own life, his flocks, or anything else. There's a good example there for us. We have to be willing to make the supreme sacrifice for God and be willing to give up anything. Verse 13, And Abraham lifted up his eyes and looked. Behold, behind him a ram caught in a thicket by his horns. And Abraham went and took the ram and offered him up for a burnt offering in the stead of his son. In the stead of his son. Um, I think what we can see here is that there's some typology. The ram, we said Jesus is the lamb of God. So the ram being a sacrifice would represent Christ. All animal sacrifices in the Old Testament represent Christ. That means that Isaac would represent us. In other words, Isaac was supposed to die that day, but the ram, the mature sheep, died instead of him. We're supposed to die for our sins, but the lamb, Jesus Christ, dies instead of us. Do you see that? Let's go back to verse 8 where Isaac had asked, here's the fire in the wood, but where's the lamb for a burnt offering? And, and Abraham said, my son, God will provide himself a lamb. Well, did God provide the lamb in this case? Of course. The ram wasn't just there by accident. It got put there. But I think there's a double meaning here. Here we are, lost because of our sin, on the way to the bad place. Nothing we can do about it. We can't solve the problem, so God solves the problem for us. He sends the lamb. He provides the lamb, Jesus Christ. We ought to appreciate that enough to be willing to serve him with all our heart, soul, and mind. We sin. We create the problem. We can't solve the problem. God solves the problem for us. He provides the lamb so that we can be 
saved and instead of going to the bad place, living with the devil and burning fire forever, we can go to heaven and spend forever in heaven with God if we're willing to trust and obey Christ. Barbara, we got one minute. Make your question very quick. Yeah, uh, in Genesis, we know God created Adam and Eve, and they had Cain and Abel, and we all know how that ended. Um, but I'm assuming they had more children. But the DNA that we all have that makes us different from each other, then Mary and their Hey, Barbara, Barbara. Yeah. Can you hang on the line? Just hang on the line, and I'll talk to you after the program. I've got to go off the air, okay? Just hang on the okay. line. So we're going to have to go there off, off the air in about 20 seconds. Just let me uh, again announce that if you would like a free one-hour phone Bible study at your convenience with me, then you call or text me at 256-682-9753. If you want a free one-hour phone Bible study with me at your convenience, call or text 